One day, my daughter said to me, I can't stay quiet, my mouth wants to talk. And I couldn't wait to hear what came out of it next. We don't spend enough time telling stories or listening to those of the people who shape the world we live in. Here are real stories of the eclectic cast of characters I've collected in my menagerie of weirdos. They're brave, just like you. And they deserve to be listened to. I'm Sam Jenny, and this is Everyone's Weird, and So Are You. Hey, Rowan Daly. Hey, Sam Jenny. Want to do another episode of Everyone's Weird, and so are you. Uh, I guess, yeah. Let's do it. Awesome. Nice. So, Rowan, what's happened to you this week? Uh, so, I guess um, I got these two really cute new things that I'm obsessed with. They've impeded quite a bit on my productivity and uh, just overall sense of timeliness to things. I have a I have an example of what I'm going to show you for audio listeners. I will describe them to you as soon as they are within the studio for our visual listeners. I'm just waiting for our really, really fast, efficient producer, Josh, to bring them into the studio here. Um, obviously they're suspense is building. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little, they're a little scary. They're a little, they're a little, um, maniacal. It's, yeah, you have to wrangle them. It's very, very difficult and, and dangerous to do so. Um, definitely not snugly. Definitely don't just love you and want to be petted and, and then just constantly purr when you, oh, oh, go, oh, 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 oh. So here's a fun, here's a fun story. Here's a fun story. This is Julius Peppers. And Josh told me hey, that I could get a kitten. And we could have a studio kitten. And so I went to the shelter and I was FaceTiming him while he was drunk golfing with his friends. And he was like, that's the one. And I'm like, oh, I know, because she was super sweet. But then I fell kind of in love with also Gizmo, our goblins. And I asked the girl at the shelter, hey, hey, can I get a two-for-one deal? She goes, we have a military special right now. What branch of the military are you in? And I said, Space Force. And she winked at me, and we got two kids for the price of one. Two kids for the price of one. Julius and Gizmo, Julius and Gizmo. We're obsessed with them. We got them harnesses today. We're going to take them on walks. Probably right after this. We're going to take nice. them on walks. Yeah. They're, they have, like, I don't even know, hundreds of toys, like, all the best food. Like, we spoiled the crap out of them. They're incredible. Um, Gizmo had worms from the shelter. I also got worms, so I went through that with her. I might still have them. I'm not sure. But either way, we're all turning into worms together. That's, that's a great deal. Yeah. You get two cats, however worms. many worms, all, all for the price of one. Um, Julius Peppers I am is a, a little star, though. Curious. I'm I'm pretty curious why this shelter is trying to push more cats into the military lifestyle. What's that <laughs> That's about? That's a good question. What's That's a really the agenda? Good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> Especially huh. Space Force. Yeah, she, so basically, like, honestly, one of these cats would have been like 150 bucks, and we got them both for $53 or something, and they were our spade, and they were, I had all their shots other than rabies. I don't think they noticed that um, Gizmo had her worms because she looked like she had an upper respiratory tract infection instead, which they gave us medicine for for both kitties. And we took him to the vet, and we got him checked out. They look great. I think that Gizmo's a little bit older than she said that, or she they thought that she was because she's just way bigger than Julius. Like hmm. already, they thought they're they thought they I guess wait wait they twelve weeks now, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, well, I think bo- that Gizmo's both, more both like like quite interested 16. in the giraffe. Yes, as they should be. Also, Gizmo, they are not from the same litter. Gizmo was brought in days before Extremely Feral. She was hissing and spitting at everybody and clawing, which she was when she found me too. But I, because of Dax, I decided I needed to take her no matter what. And within yes. three days, she was domesticated. Incredible. And she has to get baths now, and she's such a G about it. Oh, my gosh. She's so cool. But Julius has the most perfect kitten face that ever kitten faced. Absolutely adorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at that. She's That's my star. That's a gorgeous cat. 
I know. And Gizmo's her sidekick. Oh, nice. That's, I mean. She's the smart one. You're saying it right in front of them as well. Like, main attraction, <laughs> ask your thought. Julius is the most favorite beautiful child. guy I've ever seen in my life. Other yeah, one. favorite child. There's no favorites. They both accompany everything about mm. myself. Having I worms. I think you've made it pretty clear there's a favorite. <laughs> having worms, having which, the cutest which, kitten face of all time. Having worms, also um, being feral. Also having really disproportionately long legs um, and arms. And then, or one arm, sorry. And then also sneezing a lot. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're a so representation just, of just to. Just to to point out, um, you've described one as being the single most adorable kitten of all time, and you've described the other one as being feral and parasite-ridden. So she is. No she favoritism. is so feral and parasite-ridden. She's so sweet. She's my nah. baby, though. They follow me everywhere. Gizmo is always right behind me to the point where I almost step on her every time. I like, I'm like, I try to back up and I'm like, oh shoot, Gizmo's always there. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best thing in the world. Always get two kittens. If you're going to adopt a kitten, get two. They rate, they grow up so much better together, honestly. Yeah. Um, said the same thing with weird, ferrets as well. Ferrets. I think it said feral, but we could talk about ferrets some no, no, other time. No, no, with, like with, maybe next year. With ferrets. You with wanna, kittens with ferrets. You want to get at least two. Unless you're in uh, Sweden. They're, they're, they're so social. Nope. That's Wait, guinea no. pigs. Guinea pigs. And that's Switzerland. <laughs> I don't know. I don't be known. I only listen well, to half of what you say. I just take fragments. Yeah. Um. Speaking of like weird occurrences, do you have any, do you have anything to talk tell us about like that you know that we don't know? Um. Maybe. Ooh, what don't you know? That's right. I mean, you don't know the Is difference between possible? Switzerland and Sweden. We've established that. I do that, too. But... I know the difference between that. I just don't know the difference between the guinea pigs and ferret laws. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what's the difference between Switzerland and Sweden, Sam? Two different countries. I don't even know. You no, know, I don't. never took geography. <laughs> um, I'm basically just stalling here while I try to remember any kind of a weird fact whatsoever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. I'm going to pet Julius with this giraffe. This giraffe. Oh, actually, uh, I do have a weird fact for you. Uh, did you know that the male platypus has a venomous spur on its hind legs? No, I've never heard it's about one that. Of, it's, one of the, it's one of the only venomous mammals in the world. Um... Pretty sure there are no venomous. Oh, actually, cats are kind of, kind of venomous, by the way. They do have a venom they excrete in their teeth and claws. And they need to. Absolutely need to. But, first of all, there's no other venomous mammal that I'm aware of, unless the stingray is a mammal, which I don't think it is. It's definitely not. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. I don't know. It's a fish. It's a fish. Okay. So, anyway, I don't believe you, for one, because why would it be there, of all places? And second of all... Platypi oh, yeah, are supposed to be very docile why would it be creatures. There? On the hind, they're supposed the to inside, be inside of the hind leg. No, no, I like they've got a venomous spur on their hind legs, like on on the heel, basically. Oh, on the heel. Oh, I don't know. Do they ride yeah. horses? Well, no, because then they inject their venom into the horses, so they well, wouldn't be able to the get point very of it? far. Do they ride? Do they ride seahorses? Uh, I suppose it's that if they're being attacked from behind, it's a good idea to be able to kick out at something. There might be really large seahorses in the um, what's that? The what what what's that trench that I got obsessed with? Mariana Trench. Maybe they're riding them there. We okay. don't know. So James I guess Cameron we can, we can we rewind a, li a little bit, and and I can I can let you know that uh, platypus does not live in the ocean. But lives in Australia. In the ocean, Australia. In lakes in Australia? Rivers and lakes and, yeah. Are they mean? Um, I don't know, to, to be honest. But to be fair, take a look at the fauna in Australia and tell me how you don't grow up with an attitude. Like... Kangaroos will kick the absolute 
spine off anyone. Uh, you've got every poisonous anything. Uh, spiders, scorpions, all of it. Uh, the snakes, everything. Like, yeah, I, I understand why a platypus would have to kind of grow up with a little bit of a defense mechanism. I'm not sure why it's split between the two sexes, but yeah. That is really strange. I, um, yeah, the, you'd think the females would need a defense mechanism as well. Maybe the males are defending them. Who knows? Um, seems a little sexist. Either way, my, my, one of my best friends, Tina, lives in Australia. Y and the first thing I said you know was, how many is? scorpions do you encounter in a day? She said, at least twice this week. And I was like, are you kidding? And she said, no. And I said, that's too many. But you were asking how many per day. And then... You were saying it was too many when you found out it was less than a daily thing. Well, I was just asking for like a quantification of scorpion counters. I mean, sure. it's it's it any is too many in my opinion, honestly. Yeah. My brother's yeah. been in Australia for a while now, and they say when it comes to spiders, when you see, you know, we we've all seen those pictures somewhere, like there's a clock hanging on the wall, and then like there are just like some legs poking up outside the clock and you just have to imagine what kind of a giant spider is there in Australia. Those are the ones not to be afraid of because the oh. big ones are big. That's their thing. That's how they survive by being big and eating birds or mice or whatever. It's the teeny tiny little ones in Australia that carry God knows what venom. And those are the well, ones that you never want to come across. Check your shoes. Uh, brown recluses actually live here. That's terrifying. That kind of like creates sort of like necrophilia. Like your your skin just dissolves away. But I wanted to tell you though, don't worry about Connor um, because I heard um, oh. from Tina that rugby coaches uh, no, no, are no, no. immune so, 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 to so, spiders. Sorry, Sam. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Uh, Josh, can we can we check the tapes on this? Did Sam? Just say she has necrophilia. What is it? Necrosis. That's my second wrong word of the day. Necrophilia is a very specific thing, Sam. Brown reckless spiders give you necrophilia. That's what we said. I'm in necrosis, you dick bags. God damn it. Either way, tell your brother he's Yeah, fine. like how how many how many people have been like arrested? in a cemetery for nothing more than being bitten by a spider and then <laughs> following whatever impulses came next. It's not my fault. I got bitten by a spider. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but you know what? The problem is there's always one guy who's just using that excuse. There's always mm -hmm. one guy. who's just like, Oh no, it's totally, there He's was a spider a over there. I think it was, I think it was. And it's like, well, you came here with the shovel and for some reason, protection and you come on come on brian we've been over this before brian come on with a y brian we live in alaska come on. there's come no on, brian, brian recluse here no no we all know also get it together brian get it together if you haven't figured it out already because you found us we are on all major streaming platforms so if you're seeing us on youtube and want to hear us on your drive to work in the morning we are also on spotify apple google and audible um and a couple of other places i don't know about oh we're also you can find us on instagram you can find us on facebook you can find us on snapchat um that's sam mf jenny on snapchat and the public profile is our TikTok. page tiktok we're on tiktok now it's called everyone's weird on tiktok yeah. tiktok is reserved specifically for one character um she is our new office secretary we're going to kind of like go through her transformation from her previous life to now. Um, her name is Tonya. She is the absolute worst phone sex operator. And she she's amazing. Now she's now she's, now she's our secretary. Now she reads dramatic monologues from movies like Fight Club and Braveheart on screen. Something she to did, look forward she, to. She and did that yesterday. Uh, disclaimer, because I know that this is something that fans have been crying out for. Uh, it is not Josh in a wig. Sorry. It's it's an entirely new person. I can see where that could be um, mistaken. Also, shout out to Kindness Ranch, who gave me my 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 baby man, Dax, my kitty cat. They are a um, research lab animal, sorry, sanctuary 
where animals can live throughout the rest of their lives there. They don't have to be adopted, but they are available for adoption. They take care of them. You can go there. You can stay in these beautiful yurts. You can meet the animal that you want to take home. And they're the most kind, generous, just uh, it's such a great organization that it makes me want to vomit with like like just rainbows every time I think about it. I actually tear up most of the time I think about it. And that's the kindness guarantee. It is. It's seriously privately funded. It's incredible. They're like, just when I went and got Dax, I went back and got Luke. They were like, just take him. You drove all the way here, you know, take him. And uh, he's been the light of my life. You didn't even have to, you didn't even have to steal any valor. Just take take the cat. Just take the cat. No valor stolen. Also, he's been like the light of my life until these two kittens. He's still the light of my life. Dax, if you're watching, you're still my favorite. I'm kidding. kidding. We're going to talk to Jeff. I mean, Shaq Sinclair. And he, he is a fitness coach slash personal trainer, whatever you want to call it. And an actor in Hudson, New York that I met online. And he's fantastic. And he's got a lot of really lovely guy. So positive, uplifting, just really influential messages to spare. And also he, is really entertaining to watch. So let's get him on the phone, I guess. Um, I'm just going to call him. Hold on a second. And just use the landline so it's secure, okay? Okay, I'm just going to disappear off screen. It's a New York number. It takes a minute. Hey, Shaq? There he is. There he is. You got my phone Hi. call then, right? I did. I did. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing phenomenal. How are you doing, Miss Sam? I'm good. Um, I just wanted to talk to you about some stuff, um, mostly uh, African dung beetles, um, what you feel about the extinction of giraffes, and um, your toenail um, care regimen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I think it's be a really yeah, riveting, uh, <laughs> really riveting video for everybody to watch. No. So Absolutely. you, I met you. I met you on Snapchat quick ad, right? Yep. Yeah. And right I was like, I Shaq. Yeah. With you, right when you got on Snapchat, right? Yeah, kind of. Like I think I saw you. Like I saw like Sam up and Jenny, and I was like, <clears throat> interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah. I saw so Shaq, I saw and I was like, dope. I wonder if it's actually Shaq. <laughs> Shaq. And it Turns was always It was always there. But no, you're uh you're from Hudson, New York. Born yep. and raised, right? Yep, born and raised. Uh, and you're 32, 33 in a, like in 10 days. Yeah, big three three. Happy early birthday to you. Thank you, Libra Life. Yeah, I would say that's the Jesus year when you turn 33. Yep. So oh, yeah. Watch. Watch out for crucifixions. That's all I have to say, okay? Um, no promises. And Judas's. Or, or crucifixions. Anyway. Either or. Or crucifixions. 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 There's a lot of going around these days, you know? <laughs> crucifixions. I like it. I'm going to keep that. Um, There's a lot. So, <laughs> the reason why I was so, like, in, I don't know, entranced with you was, like, you're so positive. You had so many like super positive, super funny, super upbeat messages on your story. You were always inspiring people to be healthy. You were always explaining your day, like being healthy. You have lots of self-care regimens. I thought that was really, really cool, really positive. And I found out that you are a, we were talking about the difference between a fitness coach and a personal trainer. And, you know, could you explain that to us? Yeah, so I feel like a fitness trainer is someone that is more involved in, like, you know, the hands-on aspect of it. Uh, I feel like coaching is a little more convenient in some ways, just in my opinion of it. So I have a coach myself who kind of just, like, is there for me, walks me through a program of what I want to do. And then you have trainers that are just with you every step of the way, kind of there to kind of guide you across that little rickety bridge. So, yeah, there's definitely a little more, um, one's a little more interpersonal than the other, but they all have like the same meet in the middle, which is to help which people. Which one are you? Are you the rickety bridge? I am, I'm, am I the rickety bridge? I feel like I'm like, I'm like the troll under the bridge that actually is there to keep it all stable instead of asking people for money. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta keep, I'm just holding it steady for that. 
Just hold yeah, it up. That, <laughs> that bridge is, has been compromised. We need to make sure they can get over it. No, I get it. That's Many actually times. great. Yeah. And the other thing that's fascinating about you, I find, is that you are an actor and you are great from what I've seen. Um, yes. And I was going to say, do you prefer film or do you prefer theater? Do you have a preference? I have not done theater yet. Uh, well, theater, film. I've done film yet. Uh, so, yeah, film is something I'm getting into now with uh, something I can't really mention too much about. It's kind of on the hush hush. But um, theater is something I. film. I like that. Yeah. Just film. We're just. It's due for a comeback. Yeah. Speak it up about it. So, yeah, I'm doing a lot more theatrical stuff right now, which is a lot of fun because it's all like one take, no mess ups versus just, all right, we can, we can hash this out later. Nice. Um, yeah, that's great. You, I, I remember talking to you through your, um, your rehearsal schedule and your performance schedule for Mid- Midsummer's Night Dream, right? That's what you were in? Yes, correct. Yeah. And what'd you, who'd you play again? The Duke of? The Duke of Athens, Theseus. Yeah. You mind gracing us with a monologue? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Put me on the spot. Uh, I was like, now fair Hippolyta, our nuptial hour draws on a pace. Four happy days brings in a new moon. But oh, me thinks how slow this old moon wanes. She lingers my desire like to a step dame or a dowager. Long withering out to young man's revenue. See. <laughs> classic I thesis. I was doing that yesterday, too. Um, classic thesis. No, uh, the other thing, one time, I don't know if I asked you for a pep talk in the same vernacular. But you sent me a snap, and it was just on the spot, like, complete Shakespearean <laughs> language, but, like, made for me. And I was like, I didn't – did you save that? Because I would watch that every day. That'd be, like, my in-the-mirror affirmation, like, every morning. I'm like, yeah, I don't even remember how you did it. I was just like, <laughs> what? I need to see that five more times to comprehend it. And you're like, no, nah, I didn't save it. And I was like, I know it was like an explosion. It's like it just happens, and it's like it's it's like a supernova. It's like, and then you don't even remember it after it's done. Uh, you just gotta well, like just do it again. Yeah, you do every day. Okay, get better at every it. Practice, day. practice that. Just um, in the mirror. <laughs> so you're you're not married, no girlfriend, anything like that. Uh, not to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not just know if kidding. you're married? It's like uh, it's like I don't know. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays but, in Vegas. Yeah, we have, we've all been there. We've had those nights where it's just like, all right, who'd I marry? Where'd this ring come from? Why do I got like three of them? Like, who's calling me? Why are they all in my living room? When did we get a cat? Yeah, speaking of cats. From? Speaking of cats. I know you have oh, a roommate. I do. Mm-hmm. And he is, no, he's, he's chilling in the room. He is, he is kind of like really like bummy. Like he's a combination of skittish and bum. Um, his sister is an outdoor cat too. Like she's she belongs to my neighbor, and she is a little more outdoorsy and a little chunkier too. So he uh, goes outside. I've been trying to get him to go outside, but he's almost like I have a better shot at giving him a bath. I do get him outside. Oh, he just side note. Yeah, he's just uh, sk- skittish and bum was my favorite vaudeville comedy duo. Skittish, skittish and, and bum. bum. Skittish and bums. Yeah. I love What's his name again? Oh, his name is Sheldon. Sheldon, it's a great nice. name for a cat. He's a, I if he if he wakes up, please put him on camera because he's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it's like only a face only a mother could love, but everybody will love it still at the same time. You know what I mean? He's like little. He's like, did you have like a haircut on him one time, or is his fur just like that? His fur is just like that. I swear, he is just yeah. He's, he's I sprayed like cute. nip on like the bed. I put the bed next to me for this, and I I sprayed it so hopefully he would come. But he's just like he's just hanging out in the other room and just like he's like no, nah, I don't. I just want to chill right now. He's like from there, yeah. yeah so I'm not gonna, gonna I'm not gonna be fun. your little whore. I'm gonna be your little whore for the show. Yeah, Sheldon, Sheldon, Sheldon. Oh. <gasps> He's not here. He's oh. he's ignoring me. What else is now? Okay, that's okay. Um, you told me something else Being about like uh, uh, and Ronan knows this reference too. But um, <laughs> sorry, Pepe Sylvia. Who is that? 
Pepe Silvia. Let me get him for you. This here is Pepe Silvia. What's that? <laughs> it's Pepe Silvia. Come on. That's all it is. I mean, I know so, the character from Always Sunny, but like I... So funny story about how I how I got him. I actually won him at a fair. Uh and it was one of those games it was like a like a you throw like the bo- you throw like the ball at these like glass bottles, you try to like break them. And for some reason I was just so enthralled by this game and I dropped like a lot of money on it, just thinking, all right, I want to win something cool. Which is something I can get this from a vending machine somewhere like God knows where. And so but I wanted it and I won it. And the best waste of money I ever got was Pepe Sylvia. Nice. How much did you spend? For uh, for uh, people listening in audio format, just uh, Shaq did produce a live potbelly pig there. It's adorable. Um, it has a goatee, which you don't often see on a pig, but you uh, you're missing Very that. Well you're missing that. You should you should check out the video. Exactly. It's all perspective sure. too. On top of that, it's like how you perceive it. That's what the, that's what art is. I want to know how much you spent on that potbelly pig. With the all goatee. right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna guesstimate somewhere between forty and eighty. <laughs> What? Nice. You are competitive. I, wow. I, just, I really wanted it. Like it was, I can't even say it was 20. I feel like 20 would be like super low. And I was just like. <laughs> Did you sleep? Do you sleep with it every night? It's in the room. He kind of watches over everything. He's the overseer of the night. Like nice. from behind you, like the big spoon? Kind of. Like he, he watches the sleep demon. He, some, he fights the sleep demons too. He crawls under the bed with his like little Minecraft like sword and just. Goes on an adventure and fights him off in like a Pixar style like underworld. Yeah, that makes it. Is, or is he the Dayman? Because he's the fighter of the Nightman, Ronan. Uh, I've. Mm, uh, I depends. Uh, they took you, Nightman, and you don't belong to them. How I long to feel your lovely arms around me. So, Nightman can be can be a good thing or a bad thing, Sam. Again, as Shaq said, it's a matter of perspective. Yes. I feel I feel I yeah. feel like we're really pushing the the limit now with the Danny DeVito thing in the background. Someone's going to see yeah. us. Oh yeah, we're yeah, yeah, we're, no. we're we're no, infringing too much on a very specific property now. <laughs> uh, it's called Never Cloudy Shut up, Bird. in Birdville, Winchester's in Fieldville, Iowa. That's what it is. Yes. Nice. Yep. 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 yep Deep yep. cut. Mr. Deeds reference. Winchester's Always bring you back to Mr. Deeds. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So where? Okay. You you just were in a play. I thought you had another production coming up soon. I do. It's um. This one's called the Haunted Tavern. Nice. And it consists of about like eight vignettes. Um. I play. Uh. I play a teen in one little skit. I play a dancing zombie in another, and I play a very. Um. Very cocky vampire who was also a soap opera star a while ago as well, thirty some mm-hmm. years ago. Oh, nice! That sounds like fun. That. So you have yeah, three characters. Deep. How long is the play? Uh, it's about so I'm assuming about a hundred minutes <clears throat> if we okay. guesstimate it, because about many, each vignette about ten minutes. How, long. So how many you spend like thirty minutes on stage during that then? Yeah, I feel like I'm about 30 minutes on stage, but also um, basically just an extra on one as well. So we're still hashing that out time wise. So you, we're going to be. Do you have a lead role technically then? Do you have a lead I role? I do have a lead role in one, okay. yes. Okay, cool. Two. Ooh, ooh, look at you. And then you're next for another. That's awesome. I have a lot of dialogue. That's good. That's nice. good. I was going to ask, um, I was, I was talking to a playwright, don't want to put words in her mouth, not going to say who it is, but she wrote this, um, really awesome concept for a play that focuses on the difference between men and women in the audition process and the casting process and how it seems like there's so many more roles for, um, women and to the point where they're like, just like, Hey, can you call your husband and see if they're busy that weekend? Um, do you find yourself facing a lot of competition in New York as an actor or do you like, how does the audition process even go for you? I feel like it's been very luck based for me. It just, it's just kind of happened like fall to my lap. Um, I started doing it just for fun and the opportunities just started coming my way. And 
yeah, it, it came when I first did a Midsummer Night's Dream. My uh, I call her my theater mom. She's the woman that got me. Like she discovered me in high school and just stuck with me ever since. And really like oh, wanted me to hone my skills as an actor. So she basically like wanted me to like you know try the, try out for this. I've done improv before on off on the side as well. So this was a chance for me to get back like on stage itself, and I just tried out for it got a role and just really started to get back into it and really started to get my feet rolling again. And this next performance was just word of mouth from her to this other director that I'd be a good, like, you know, pick for the performance itself. So I haven't reached that competitive state. Yet. I feel like I'm still kind of like green in that regard, which I'm totally cool with. I actually like being a student. It means like there's plenty of room for improvement as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Did you go to school for this, for acting? I did not. Um, I took some classes, but I did not go to school for acting. I was actually uh, an English major in college. So... Kind of synonymous, in my opinion. It's a a word thing. Um, uh, Ronan is a phenomenal actor, even though he's an English guy and an editor and a a writer. Um, Sorry, did you just call me an English guy? No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Careful. You just sound like one. Phenomenal. No, I don't. Synonymous. No. So um, basically, when did you, like, how long ago did you get into acting? Why did you realize you wanted to? Why did you take the classes? Why did you do improv? So and <clears throat> I was a very weird kid in high school. And I didn't really have, like, much of, like, an outlet per se for it. So, but in my acting class in high school itself, this theater class I took... The teacher had his friend, the woman who's like my theater mom, she came to class as a guest and happened to see me and just said, I like you, I want to work with you. And the rest was history. So she really got me into her program where it was a bunch of other teens as well who wanted to do theater work as well. And I've done like a couple performances through the theater place there as well. And then we actually did, um, <clears throat> excuse me, improv performances at other schools as well. So, you're kind of discovered. I was, just, I was just doing stuff. I was just being my weird self. And someone was like, yo, I like you. So, I you wanna, just like to try new things. Like, I just want to see what I fit in, right? Yeah. It's like, I feel like, you know, not just like a main character, but I feel like I'm just someone that likes to, like, I go with the flow of things. When I don't try, um so hard at least anyways things just kind of like just happen to come my way not to say that that gives me a reason to like just like just sit there like a magnet but i feel like when your intentions are in the right place and you just really have a goal and something you want to do you know the work just kind of just happens you you get a vibe for what's going to come your way and what you're going to have to work for and it kind of just comes together okay so what happens when you try you've heard it here kids hard work is for suckers <laughs> yeah, what happens to you when you try too hard? Exactly. Do you does do you find that you like push it away almost when you try too hard or what? I feel like it gets it almost gets overwhelming. Like okay. yeah. I feel like when you try too hard, it's like you create like there's like almost like a competition with yourself where you almost like set the standard that's so high that it becomes almost unrealistic and you have to learn how to like draw that baseline of where you want to be versus what's realistic for you and just to not be afraid to like take your time just like taking bites versus gobbling up whole and then you might choke on something and next thing you know you're falling on the floor with a mouthful of peanut butter choking on the spoon i think you just said goblin goblin whoa goblin. they uh they say awesome. that psychologically as well though like when you when you really like want something it's so easy to fall into the the external trap of like just appearing desperate and desperation drives away interest. And so like, yeah, it can be a self-defeating thing. That's why I've never tried anything. This man knows what he's talking about. Right. No. So I, I don't. So, and I firmly believe that no one does. You see, we're all, we're all just improvising. We're all just making it up as we go. This thing called life. This thing. Whatever. It's all just so one big hologram. We're, we're good. It's just, it's just stuff happening. 
just it's not just, happening. That's all it is. Um, so I want to talk about one thing about the theater world because, you know, I know it pretty well. But um, I was talking to you earlier about the, I feel like, incestuous dating atmosphere in the theater world. Have you run across a lot of stuff like that? Um, ironically enough, no, not really. Um, I feel like that's more of like something you'd find like a little more, more in like a more urban like environment, like down the city. So I know they call those like showmances where, you know, you have like an on-screen romance and maybe that kind of leaks out into like, you know, real world as well. Um, I haven't really had that, which is kind of, I feel like it's kind of a, not a good nor a bad thing. It's just, it's feel like it's just like an experience that some people in the space have. If it's part of the culture, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's like almost like crapping where you eat almost, which is, uh, I don't know. It's more like, uh, yeah. dating a coworker. Yes, yep. exactly. Or, or also, having a relationship with someone chemistry. in the same play as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like having a relationship, yeah, or or some other like and other people in the same way as you. Seriously, around in, in, here, in fact, it's I, I just think there like are many differences between going to the bathroom and eating in the same place. Hygienically, I mean, that's sometimes you do I both. My appetite. Poor Hannah lost. I mean, dose. yeah, it depends. Depends what you're doing too, as well in the bathroom. Like, what's your time limit? Yeah, where are you going? Like, when is when I, when, I, when is the like going to get to me? Where I have to stop eating? If it's that critical that you need to make space, you're probably not hungry. That that's my sense. It might be controversial, but your gut's that's a second fair. brain. That's Give fair. Give it a minute. I'm thinking it about minute. it. It's fair. It's fair. I like yeah. it. Um, where are you? Where do you want to go? Like, do you, I know. Okay, so I, you had a you had a you. The reason why you're doing the the fitness coach weight loss whatever you want to call it personal trainer whatever i think i would say you're a personal trainer right i think that's I am. yeah okay um you started that probably after your own weight loss journey correct yep do you believe do. that right when you like is that where your confidence came in to start acting or no no i feel like it was it, it added on to it like <clears throat> i feel like haven't they added on to the confidence like i knew i was always someone that was going to be very like charismatic that um that like where they where they were going who really liked just being like on the spotlight and i feel like losing the weight and just it really was like a boost of confidence because you lose so much stuff you don't need it's almost like this it's basically physical baggage that your body does not want in the system anymore so when you put that energy to something productive in a way that you just like get rid of it, it's like, it's like decluttering a space, like on hoarders, like mm. you see all this stuff that they don't need. And it's like, I don't need this right now. Like it's, it's not it makes, super cold, but it makes room for more stuff, make better stuff. You know what I mean? Like not stuff. more stuff, not more stuff, stuff in moderation, but better stuff. Sorry, you move into a better message house. to hoarders out there in moderation. No, I get that mm-hmm. completely. It, it, it declutters your brain too. It get the confidence also helps to declutter your brain um, because you, you're not second guessing yourself as much as you used to be. Um, how much weight did you lose? I lost <clears throat> for that weight loss period. I lost about 72 pounds in 12 weeks. Uh, that was really, it was really, um, <clears throat> That was really just from like me just overhauling my diet completely. Like I went very, I went low carb, very cold turkey. I uh, actually, I stopped drinking. I still drink you water, obviously. Crapping where you ate. I yeah, I stopped crapping where I ate because I wasn't eating like all the poo and the other unnecessary garbage. And then nice. uh, I got rid of. It's funny, I actually got rid of like my social media too. I didn't get rid of it, but I just deactivated the main one. And then, so that's like less stress, less FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah, and less c- comparison too. You're focused on yourself. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's just crazy. a way to like, feed insecurity. It really is. Yeah, yeah. you have the best self care regimen of anybody I've ever met in my life. Seriously, the way that you wind down at night and. I don't even know what you're doing with your mouth. I feel like it's a silence of lambs type thing, but it's whatever. I think it's, well, it's mouth, a deep thing. Yeah, I do mouth tape. <laughs> I'm one of those people. But no, you're you're just like this is my time. I got to do this. I have self care. I can't do this right now because it's self care time and it's time for me. Yeah. And you have yeah. a really regimen schedule. Also, you eat healthier than any man I've ever met in my life. That includes dietitians. 
Seriously, you eat like I used to when I ran ultra marathons. You like everything mm-hmm. is just so like natural and protein slash carb based based on the use during out the day. You know what I mean? And uh, you're you know trying to get in a array of vegetables and array. I don't even think you go really much on fruits, do you? Uh, it's funny. I actually, I cycle in fruit too as well now. Um, not that I didn't really before, but I feel like it kind of had to be, you have to get out of your own headspace that, you know, certain foods are going to like hurt you because everyone's different because you have people who are carnivore, vegan, and just tell you like which one's best for like them when it's all subjective and they all have their merits. But my motto is to go whole foods based. Um, I just, I have some fruit too as well. I just bought some, I love kiwi. I have some of that as well. Uh, like berries, uh, bananas in moderation too, as well. Green apples. I've been like learning to like love again as well, because I feel like once you get caught up in one diet, you have to learn. It's okay to eat this other food. Like it's not the food that is the problem. It's how, how processed is it? Like, is this beneficial? Did our ancestors eat this? Like, is this an apple or is it just an apple product? Is this cheese or is this just like cheese product? You got to read the labels and not throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You said the the bad word, bananas. We don't talk about bananas in this house. Mm-mm, we don't. Yeah. I'd, I'd also point out that if I, if, if I only ate what my ancestors ate, then it would just be boiled rocks, potatoes, and turnips. That's, yeah, mm. the rocks were the best part of it. Uh, they're really tender. Yeah, they you were. Boil them they they, they really captured the flavor. Yeah, yeah. The no, boil them just I, right. I think that's great. Um, also, do you agree with me on the point of day? Like, so when I was training for ultramarathon running, and also in my like weight loss journey, because I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant with my son, so I actually ended up losing ninety pounds in about four months. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it was kind of falling off anyway, but st- because my body wasn't supposed to be that way. But I still was crazy about like calorie intake and content intake. So I would eat all of my carbs in the morning before I ran. And then throughout the day, I would I would preload or reload after that with protein to build my muscles back up. And then throughout the night, I would have maybe a little bit more protein, maybe vegetables only, and maybe like a mm-hmm. little piece of dark chocolate. Is that something that you think that would be healthy? I mean, I'm just asking for myself right here. <laughs> Yeah, it it all depends. Like I know, like in the mornings themselves, like the reason why I feel like carbs are definitely like a good tool for like you know working out because when you have like when you have like more muscle, you can like take in a little more carbohydrates because your muscles act as a, as a glucose sponge for that. And carbs aren't really like essential, but you want to function usually on protein because protein is the building blocks. And so is like, you know, fat, fat's good for like your brain health as well. And you get those little micronutrients from the fruits and vegetables as well. But you also don't want to have too much of it. You want to have just enough to get all the nutrients you need. And plus it's good for your gut health as well to like be able to absorb certain nutrients. It's like having guests over in your body and like telling them, okay, you're going to, you can, you can room over here. Versus just someone that just pops in when the door's open. Like that meme where it's like, nice place. The guy that breaks in. I'm not going to say the rest of it because, yeah. No, but, I get um, it. Um, also, the the insoluble and soluble fiber. Mm. And, and all of that probably creates a big difference, too. What is your What are your feelings on, like, protein powders, protein shakes, things like that? They have their place. I, I have protein, like myself, like powder form, too. And, you know, some people, it depends on like what they want. They're definitely have their place in terms of if you want to get something in your system, like at the end of the day or at some point where you're just either strapped for time, it's very, it's a very low calorie convenient way to get in about 30 grams of protein and help you feel full until whatever time it is you eat again or not eat again. Um, especially at nighttime when you feel like instead of you have to cook something up, I need to get all my protein and I have to do this and that. Like, and then your body has to like focus on eating it and breaking it down, which is good and natural. But if you're really strapped for time, it's a very convenient way to like bring your protein with you or on the go or just get in there real quick and just to help you sleep. I get that. That's cool. Um, so are you wanting to pursue, like continue to pursue this, um, 
personal training venture throughout your life and acting as well at the same time? Or are you leaning towards one or the other? I feel like as time goes on, I'm going to be leaning more towards the online coaching aspect. I like the in-person training aspect as well, because right now I do like, you know, the clients I work with because they're human beings, phenomenal ones with great stories who are very, who contribute a lot. And so it's good to like have someone that depends on me, but also they have, it's try. it's about keeping them accountable for themselves and their health as well to show them that if you want to move better and feel better, there's a way yeah. like, and it's about showing, it's about showing them like how to switch that lever and how to feel better about themselves too, as well. Because a big takeaway for it for me is I'm teaching people how to like feel better about themselves. They're, they're nervous or hesitant about being in the space and being active is such an important part of life, especially as we get older, because, you know, if you don't know how to pick yourself off the ground when you fall, or if there's not enough muscle, if you don't know how to like, you know, put something on the top shelf, you know, these are really practical ways for us to like maintain our bodies because we only get one of them. So it's really good to show them like how to like, you know, maintain this meat, meat suit that we all have that can be altered in a positive way. (laughs) So I love that. No, that's great. How do you get people over their fear of going to the gym? Pardon? How do you get people over their fear of going to the gym? It's, it's about talking to them. Like really like just like speaking with them, like once one at the initial session. So sometimes they just, they make the decision themselves. Like when we talk on the consultation of what they want to do, what their goals are. Um, I know that if some people feel a little intimidated at first, we will go to like a different space in the gym where they can like focus on just the workout itself, which is me and them. Or if it's a little overwhelming, uh, we'll usually do like some work on the machine as well as finding our space to do like just movement based stuff as well. So it's about showing them that even though the fear is there, um, we talk to them, it helps get, helps them get out of their own head. Like when you strike up a conversation with somebody, They're not worried about like, what's this person doing? Like they're lifting heavier than me or wow, this person has like, you know, finessed form, but they're actually like, I'm talking with them, helping them be present with themselves. They're answering questions about themselves and it's helping them hone in with themselves so they can focus on that and really focus on the task at hand. That's really great. That's actually brilliant. I hate gyms for the record. That's why I began became a runner because I could just do it by myself. Every time I was yeah. at the gym, I felt like I was being watched or like judged or I don't know why, because I was, I've never been an athlete in my life other than like dance and stuff, which I mean, that's, I know it's that's athletic, just but it's what still. Gyms are, they're bright. There are mirrors everywhere. And There's no matter, everywhere. No, no, no matter what time it is, when you're starting so, off or when you're mm-hmm. getting back into fitness, you feel like everyone is just focused on you and how terrible you are at moving whatever body parts you're moving. It's just, yeah. Exactly. It's and the there's always going to be the guys in the corner that are like, just like deadlifting, like stupid amounts of weight. And they're just like, oh, they're all like, or each oh, that, other that's on. Just like are, over here. Th- those guys are in the corner in your gym because those guys are everywhere in any gym I've ever been to. They like, they make up like half of the machines in the local gym here aren't machines they're just they're those guys <laughs> so like they're they're holding up the structure of like a, a lot of those like leg presses and things and so you you just strap yourself onto one of these guys and like do, do your thing while they're just deadlifting you it's you do your thing while yeah, they're deadlifting severe. you that that was an and, and, and i do feel a little judgment from some of those guys i, I can't lie Shout out to Gunther. <laughs> what's your what? What's your favorite like actual like piece of um, gym equipment, like machine for anything? Like what? What do you think is the most versatile? Like best? It's if you say elliptical machine, I swear to God, I won't do anything, but I will judge. <laughs> You know, I actually do. I like using dumbbells 
because, you know, obviously, you no, know, there's a lot of merit to all, like most of like what we do there. Um, I dabble with the Stairmaster because, you know, how often are we actually, we're actually going upstairs a lot. And, you know, there's like, you know, a self-walking treadmill as well. You can use, um, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I just, I like using a little bit of everything, like even like, especially like, you know, with dumbbells too, on top of that, there's no like bar. So you have to work on stabilizing it all yourself. And you have like, you're trying to keep something, two different things on the same plane of motion when you're like going up and down with the repetitions. And yeah, there's still a lot I'm learning too. Like there's like, especially when it comes down to like mobility and flexibility. Cause when you go down to like your training connective tissue, there's all types of like various movements you're doing, which like I said, it's not the sexiest part of the health space, but it's very practical because you do have to like build up strength in your connective tissue and your joints because you need those. You can't just like, you know, you can't just like build up muscle on the side. Oh, this is going to work every time because there's wear and tear underneath that. They need to strengthen as well. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. I like that. I like the idea behind, you know, um, dumbbells instead of a bar. That's brilliant because you're actually like also learning how to synchronize your movements to get better, I guess, synchronicity within your muscle structure. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. That's brilliant. Um, one question. Well, first of all, Josh, do you have anything yet? He's going to pull up a three-way like dialogue for us to cold read. I have Josh looking for that. I want to do that. But I also want to know one thing. Specifically, where are you wanting like your acting career to go? Are you do lo- are you loving theater? Are you wanting to get more into film? Are you wanting to be in both? Like, are you just wanting to just be like you were in high school and just be weird and do whatever suits you? I would love to do film. Like, I'd really love to be like on the big screen someday, or even like on a streaming. I mean, it's weird to say that we're just going to be on a streaming service nowadays, especially with the actor strike stuff going on too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, do you but, know the difference? Well, like, have you ever, uh, you've never done film now. before, though? Oh, it's over the, now. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the, the Roger Field strike it. Yeah, few, few days ago. So we're we're oh. allowed to pitch ideas again. We're allowed to be nice. interested in movies. It's all good. He says we because he is a part of that. Um, we, right. I've been. I don't watch the news. So. I don't either. I don't watch this. It's fine. I just make it. I make the news with Shaq. Sinclair. You make the news. I don't watch it. There we go. No, I want to know, like, so do you know the difference between, like, okay, so theater acting is so different from film acting. And I don't think I ever really had a full knack for theater acting. But film directing has been really easy peasy for me. It's been kind of like second nature. And mm-hmm. it, it allows for a lot more, um, what do you want to say? For the actor, it allows for a lot more room for error because there are yeah. double takes, like the triple takes, whatever. But you also have to be perfect on camera. And like instead of a stage where somebody's sitting, you know, five yards away from you or 10 or 20 or 35, whatever, you look different. Does that intimidate you at all? You know, not really. I feel like there, I feel like nowadays there's always room to like, fix any types any type of error especially with all the stuff we have going on with like ai which is like convenient but also not scary to, to an extent but um yeah, it all depends on what people look for in the space itself like i like i don't mind theater um it definitely does add a bit of challenge because you want to make sure you do you only have one take on stage mm-hmm. if a mistake happens mm-hmm. you just go with it you learn how to bounce back from it instead of just freezing up it happens, mm. but you don't think about that in that moment. But when you're part of a film, there's, all right, let's just take four or whatever. There's there's room for error, so you can always fix it. So I think that's why I've, I think I've always just, I've grown up with movies and such too. So I've always been drawn to like that aspect of just being a character or a hero or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and um, yeah, how do you find the, the difference between, like, say, a, a theatrical performance where you know, you've you've got the audience, you've got people sitting five feet in front of you, but you've also got people sitting 40 feet back. And, you know, you do have to exaggerate, you do have to project. And then on camera, you can allow yourself those little 
subtle changes, those kind of more minute things? How, how do you see yourself playing between those styles? Wait, one second, I gotta interject. He doesn't understand feet. He is on the metric system, so just bear with him. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, when you're I'm trying to think how I describe this, I feel like there's really not much of not too big of a difference per se. Like, I feel like you always have to have like you have to always punch your consonants and really like be like heard, regardless mm-hmm. of anything you do. Like, I definitely feel like in film it's a little different if they have like a little like mic thing bias so it's easier and they could always edit it themselves but i've it was never a problem being loud i was always like a loud person really emphatic in that regard so that's not really much of a problem for me but i do feel like it can be challenging when you have like specific like words that have meaning to them and you really want to get that point across like to like Billy and Joe in the back of like the audience. You really want to like, you know, be loud with it. You want to project it. You want to be open. And it really is about using your facial muscles as well to like really like, you know, and if they can't hear you like a lot, there's just a message behind your face. Like you can even manipulate your mouth to project the words quieter, if that makes any sense. Like, you know what I mean? Project them a different way. You can make like a more tunnel. Like a tunnel. Where you just like shoot the sound forward, even though you're talking really softly, it's still as loud as you were talking before. Somebody like that. Yeah, it's I think did you find something, Josh? Did you find something? Okay, let me let me look at it really quick. Let me look at it really quick. Okay. Okay. Okay, yeah. So Shaq, you and I have to cold read. Sound gets to prepare. No, okay, okay, I'm Lucy, one of Uh you is Cliff and one of you is Derek. I'll be Derek. Yeah. You'll be Derek. You are Derek. I'm texting this to you, Shaq. Yeah, I just Shaq 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 gives more of a cliff vibe. So I'm I'm happy to, to take He Derek. does give a cliff vibe. Derek, you're such a Derek right now. Derek. Okay. So uh Josh Keach, uh the uh world's most okayest producer who's available that day, has found us a three-part um, dialogue to read cold for Shaq. And I'm apologizing in advance for myself. Ronan's probably going to kill it. Let's see. I'm Lucy. You're Cliff Shaq. He's Derek. Obviously. Derek. It's called Folk Night. It's written by Alexander Lee Rakers. An office boardroom mediator Derek sits in the middle of the table, flanked by manager Cliff and employee Lucy. Are you ready, guys? Yes. Yep. Do you have it? Everybody has I have it. it. Okay. I have it. I don't know what it is, but I have it. And I ha- same. I'm just gonna guess. Neither does Josh. We none of us know what this is. I hope it's okay. Okay, Ansi. Okay, who's going to start? Because I was called in during my lunch hour, and I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I appreciate that, Lucy. This shouldn't take long. You know, Derek from HR. He's going to be acting as a mediator for us in this session. Not officially, mind you. No, this is strictly informal. Uh, a favor from me to Cliff uh, as he speaks to you today. Lucy, you're not in trouble. Good. And Derek is here to make that very clear. That part is official. Still informal, though. Uh, but I did want to speak to you about something that has been troubling me. Nothing major. Nothing disciplinary. Nothing official. See? You get it. So, Thursday nights in the Fowler household are date nights. The missus and I dress up, make an effort, pick a restaurant or a movie, and have a good time. After that, we find a fun local spot for a nightcap. Maybe discuss the meal or the movie. Are you following? I understand the words that you're saying. Let me get to the point. Last night after a steak at Weston's, we strolled around the neighborhood until we came to a delightful dive bar called Sapper's Tavern. Oh no. Where it turns out Lucy's been keeping quite the secret. Oh dear. This might need to be official after all. Whatever you're thinking, Derek, it's not that. Lucy was performing on stage in the Sapper's Tavern folk night. She sings. Plays guitar. She was 
magical. My wife loved you. Kept trying to find you on Spotify on the drive home. I didn't see you in the crowd. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have with the following you've got. A regular hard day's night down at Sapper's Tavern. How cool. You should play the Christmas party this year. Mm, slow down, Derek, because there's a catch. This is why you're here today. We sat there for a few songs, and after a while, as you do, I started listening to the lyrics. The actual words being sung. Correct. And I was shocked, Lucy. Is everything all right? Are you that unhappy in the workplace? The lyrics were, union this, bosses that, masters of war and hammers and bells. You seem like a completely different person. Cliff, I don't mean to sound awful, but it's not really any of your business. Right, Derek? I'm singing my own time. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm worried if you're hurting. These delusional statements about industry, the very systems that keep us clothed and fed. Is there any chance that you're infringing on my right to my own political opinions? God, no. This is all very informal. It still feels like a violation of my privacy. Mm. Then we're agreed. You shall sing your songs at home. What? No. You stepped in my gig. Listen to my songs. I didn't break, bring the folk night audience here to the office. That would not be appropriate. But I can't have you working here knowing it makes you unhappy. Are you unhappy in your job? Derek, do I have to answer that? You sort of did. I sing those songs because I love them, because I believe their messages, but that's folk night, not the office. I know the difference. Good, I, I guess. Good, I think we're done here. Wait. One more thing. Would you play at the Christmas party? The missus would love it. Then I'll burn her a CD. <laughs> that was so random. What was? <laughs> Quite weird. That was great. I feel like that was really good. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We did it. That was good. See, it's fun to cold read. Okay. I would like to offer you this fuzzy bounce sphere. This is in our merch section and our website. We said it's sold out. We lied. We have one for you. Okay, do you mind if I toss it to you? Me? Yeah. You want it? Yeah, throw it to me. Are you on the show? Okay. you get it? It's coming. It's coming. <gasps> what? Science. Yeah. yeah. Science. Love it. So, yeah. Thanks, Shaq. You're the best. Um, super stoked to have you on the show in the future and other um, facets that we have not disclosed yet. But we have alluded to. And once people watch back on this, they're like, oh, they totally alluded to that. But yeah. Totally um, super stoked to have met you as a human being. You've been a huge influence in my life and positivity and um, self-care and self-awareness and discipline, especially. And honestly, self-awareness mostly. Thanks for being here with us today. We will let you, you go to your super regimen schedule. Absolute pleasure I know to meet you, you Jack. Pleasure to meet you, Ronan. And we will be talking to you soon, I'm sure. So that was Shaq Sinclair. You'll be seeing more of him in the future. Uh, no spoiler alerts, but it's going to be with us. And we're super stoked about it. But yeah, anyway. Such a cool great. guy. Such a cool guy. Super, super stoked to have him in our lives and uh, to just, just to know him in person in general because he's really inspirational. So you can find his uh, links to his training I think email like for personal training and website and then also his Instagram in our credits and then also in the comments down there. Comments down there. Boom, 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 boom. Also, you can find links to the TikTok show down here. You can find links to everything on our link tree right here. And then you can also find my nose right here. And that's where all the stuff is. That's where all the stuff is that matters. Yep. So I'm Sam Jenny. And I'm... Craig. And this was everyone's weird and so are you. Y'all stay funky out there. Um, and stay weird, weirdos.
No. Funky. Funky first, weird, whenever. That's that's the mnemonic device. Pretty much just ma- maintain your abnormality and just be yourself. Just be some can funky fried chicken out there. Oh, I can get behind that. Okay, fine. Can funky fried chicken. Okay, bye, can funky fried chickens. Peace. Peace. Yeah.